Hello and welcome to Madison City Channel Know Your Candidates Interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm Melanie Ramey and this uh, segment I will be talking with Ali Muldrow, who is a candidate for the number C six seat on the Madison Metropolitan School Board. And so I'd like to begin, Ali, by asking you to sort of tell us about your background, your experience and all, and why you're running for this seat. Yeah, I am running for school board for the love of learning. I believe our schools can be places where young people go and have access to the best parts of themselves, find themselves deeply inspired by learning and feel empowered by learning. And I really want our schools to be places where every single child has access to an excellent education. Um, I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin, and I went to public school here from kindergarten to graduation. Um, and, and my experience in the Madison public schools was really complex. You know, I had really great experiences, and then I had experiences that were deeply painful and, and really racialized. And over and over again, I didn't see myself reflected in, in the curriculum that, that I was learning from, and that had an impact on the way I was allowed to see myself or, or the way I thought of myself as capable in, in a variety of areas. And so for the last 10 years, I've worked in, in education. Right now, I'm the Director of Youth Programming and Inclusion for GSAFE. Um, but before that, I was a security guard and a custodian and an after-school specialist. And there's no job in this in this district or in education that I've ever thought I was too good to do. And I think that has given me a unique perspective of all of the different roles that come together to make our schools possible. And I want our community to to be really invested in education and, and in the people and and the and the schools um, that that provide mm -hmm. education to our young people. And I, you know, I'm going to give you some topics and ask you to tell uh, what you think the issues are uh, with relation to the school board, how they maybe should address them, maybe some ideas uh, that you have if they should be a priority or not for the board. And so the first issue is the achievement gap. And what are your thoughts about that? And yeah, I'm really passionate and compelled by the achievement gap. I think that Madison can't continue to be a place that is the best city for some people to raise their children and the worst city for other people to raise their children based on the color of their skin. I think that how we treat our young people really defines who we are as a community and the idea that some young people have greater access to success within school um, seems incredibly unfair and also I think is not who we are as a community. I think we are a community that believes in equity and is invested in making sure that we're uplifting the voices of all of our young people. And so I think that we have to really address, you know, the, the practices that have allowed the achievement gap to, to be a defining characteristic of our district. Um, and some of those practices are having inaccessible curriculums um, and having exclusionary practices. I've been really proud of the district over the last few years and their abilities to talk really honestly and transparently about the achievement gap. And simultaneously, I think we've addressed the things that we want to stop doing. You know, we've really had this conversation about uh, 
expelling students and suspending students and excluding students, um, exclusionary practices. But what we haven't had yet is the conversation about inclusionary practices. What does it mean to open doors to students who have historically been left out of certain spaces? And so I think we really have to have a, an analysis around who are we providing advanced learner opportunities to? Who are we making sure gets to study abroad? Who gets to be the lead in the school play? And making sure that those things are accessible to diverse students, to students with disabilities, to LGBTQ students, to students of color. Um, I think we have to take a proactive approach to really making sure that our schools are places that celebrate diversity and learn from diversity. And, and so I, I'm deeply committed to engaging our community in a conversation around the achievement around the achievement gap and I view the achievement gap as an all hands on deck moment. I think the school board plays a part, I think families and parents and children play a part and I think that we have to come together and, and decide as a community who we are and how we want our young people the to feel at school. The topic I'd like you to talk about uh, is the budget, the priorities in the school budget and uh, what do you think they should be and you know how should the board address and prioritize things? I think that we have to look at how we invest in students who haven't been invested in and how we, how we, how we um, you know scale back investing in things that aren't working that aren't benefiting our young people areas where we spend a lot of money and we don't see great results and then we have to invest in new and different and innovative ways and innovative approaches to making sure we're uplifting students who haven't always had access to resources within our schools. So I think looking at our budget with, a, with an analysis and a lens of equity is really important to me. And at the same time, I think that we're not going to, that equity is not something that has a price tag on it, that, that there's more to it than just being able to balance the checkbook of our of our school district. It's really about having a, a vision and a commitment to making sure that we're, we're investing in ways that are strategic um, and intentional to support our young Speaking people. Budgets and things. Uh, what about state funding? There's a lot of discussion about if Madison will lose some state funding this year and how do you think maybe the board should address that issue? I think that we have to you know, we have to maintain our, integri our integrity. We have to maintain the integrity of the relationships we have with our educators and our staff. I think charging everyone 12% for health, health insurance, that's a, really, that's a really big deal. You know, my, my mother and my sister both work for the state, and their health insurance has gone up every year for quite some time, and it's really impacted them. Right now, if you are, you know, one of the employees in our district who makes the lead, like, you know, makes the least amount, you pay the least for your health insurance. So for that person who's paying 1.5% of their health insurance to go up to 12%, that's devastating to their family, you know. And we really have to think about, you know, maintaining the relationships that we have with the people who, who serve our students every day and making sure that they're supported. I think the integrity of those relationships can't be for sale. They can't be something we're, we're willing to to compromise, you know, um, or, or put a price tag on. It has to be something we're really committed to. And so I think there's, there's really hard decisions to be made in terms of our budget and how we're relating to, you know, the larger political reality of our state. But I think we have an incredible opportunity to say that we're not for sale and that we are going to stand by our educators and by our staff. Um, and, and we're going to 
you know, be really creative in making sure we're doing what's right for the people we're working with and what's right for our young people. You sort of touched on this, but what about, what do you think the issues are about um, hiring and maintaining quality teaching staff? Yeah, I think creating an atmosphere in which educators are empowered by their role is something that's really important to me. I I shy away from saying that I will will be a voice for educators for several reasons. One of the reasons that's come up over and over again in my campaign is that there's a conflict of interest. My partner is an educator, um, and so I'm not actually able to vote on issues of compensation. Simultaneously, I believe really deeply that our educators should not be subject to the to what's politically fashionable, that our educators should be working collectively to, to define uh, their working conditions and their salaries and, and, and be empowered to, to navigate their work in a way that is informed by them. You know, the whole issue of, main, of retaining staff is really a very big one. I mean, it's also expensive, you know, to have a lot of staff turnover. Absolutely. So, we know. need stability in our schools. We need educators who are invested, and we need educators who feel supported by our schools. And I think there's areas of real creativity around how to support our educators. I think providing things like sabbatical and child care and, you know, making sure you know, that our, our educators are working in facilities that are sound um, is really relevant to our ability to maintain um, and maintain our educators. But I also think we do. We absolutely do need to invest in, in paying educators well and making sure that they have access to quality health care um, and, and access to pursuing and investing in their own education. And I think that's an area where I feel similarly um, about teachers and students, that there isn't a one-size-fits-all to how to support a teacher. Different, different educators are going to need really different things for, from us, and I think we need to be agile in the way that we serve our educators so that they're able to grow and we're investing in, in, in our educators in ways that are really meaningful to them. You know, one of the real challenges, too, is the whole area of school infrastructure, building infrastructure and maintenance. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of buildings and, uh, and you know, obviously they get in disrepair and need maintenance. And uh, how do you see that as a, an issue that the board will have to address? I am so glad you asked about this because this is something we don't actually I feel like we don't talk about enough. You know, we have a lot. We have a lot of buildings. There's 51 schools. Um, there, some of them are very, very old. I went to Emerson, Sherman, and East High School, and so those are buildings that really have quite a legacy. And I think, in order to make sure that our our students are safe and our our faculty feel feel good about the atmosphere they're working in, we really have to invest in making sure that the buildings that our young people go to um, work work well, you know, are, are, are places that function, are spaces that are equipped to meet the needs of our students. And, and I think that's something that we have to have a really firm analysis around and also approach for each individual school, because the schools are so different. They were built at different times. They have really different facets. And so I think we need to be proactive, and we also need to be very specific in how we address the needs of our facilities. You know, we talked about several issues, and I'm curious about what two of these are particularly important to you that you'll maybe, you know, weigh in more heavily on in terms of uh, being on the board. 
Yeah, one of the things that drove me to run for school board was the achievement gap, was thinking about the, the needs of young people of color, of LGBTQ students, of students with disabilities, and, and really feeling compelled to make sure that young people of all kinds of backgrounds and identities have a place to, to see themselves as intelligent and, and to you know, cultivate their intellect in our schools. Um, I, I'm really committed not to improving our schools. I tell people, you know, one of my biggest fears is that we'll go from having one of the largest achievement gaps in the country to, 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 having, to having, you know, to being number two yeah. and being proud of it. Um, I think that we have to aim for the forefront of inclusion. We have mm -hmm. to aim for being a, a school that serves every single student and serves them really, really well. And, and to say, oh, you know, we're, we're going to slowly make progress, well, I don't think that's fair to the kids who are in school right now. I think we, we need to respond to the achievement gap with a sense of urgency and a real commitment to come, you know, to, to transform as a district, to transform into a district that is really proud of the diverse community we get to serve. So that's one. What's the other one? The other thing that I am deeply passionate about is making sure that our, or one of the other things I, I'm deeply passionate about is making sure that our community feels connected to our schools, that our community feels like there's a place for them at the table, that they can access the leadership of our schools, that they can uh, see them, themselves and their, their perspective as valuable and know that the leadership of our schools is available to to hear from the needs of our community and also to inspire our community to be really passionate about public education. I think right now is a time where where we need you know we need people to feel connected to to schools and and the question came up when we were um, you know when we were talking about doing canvassing. What do you do when somebody says? I don't have kids. I'm not interested in the schools. And I, my opinion is, is you ask that person, what are you interested in? Because if you're interested in sustainable energy, you want young people who are well-informed and can create it. If you're interested in safety, you want young people who have conflict resolution skills and know how to work in a community and know how to value other people. You know, whatever you're interested in, um, you know, if you're interested in having an, an informed electorate who, who votes in the interests of all people, then you, then you need great schools to produce that. And, and so I'm really, uh, I'm really driven to make sure that our community has access to the leadership of our schools and that our community feels invested and, and proud of the schools that we're creating. Yeah. 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 Is there any one thing we haven't talked about you want to mention before we finalize here? Well, the election is on April 4th. Um, a vote for me is a, a vote for revolutionary education. It's a, a vote to, to do things differently, to take, to take new approaches to education. I think, you know, we don't need another master of a broken system. We don't need more people who are really excited to do it the way it's always been done. We need folks who are, who are really, uh, really inspired to transform our schools and that, that is what I would like to do. I would like to make sure that our schools are places that serve every single student.
So vote for me on April 4th. Well, thank you very much, Allie, uh, for running for the office because we always want to encourage people to be involved in the process. And so thank you very much for your candidacy. And I'd also like to thank City Channel and the League of Women Voters for sponsoring, of course. And to you who are watching, be sure that you're ready to vote on April 4th. Uh, And we thank you for watching and thank you, Allie, for joining us. (laughs) 